Welcome to Work It, a show about work. This is a work of satire containing mature themes. Pour le service en français, appuyez sur le 1. For writer and performer Sam Alamang, please press 2. For writer and performer Janet Mowat, please press 3. For a measured and insightful discussion of this option is unavailable. For a comedic look at workplace romance full of dubious advice and scandalous claims, please stay on the line. Welcome to the debut episode of Work It, a very funny program on CFMU. We talk about jobs, work, bosses, and the dread specter of precariousness under late capitalism. A very, very funny program. Thank you for joining us on this ride. We're sure, before long, you'll agree that this is a show you can't live without. Is that a threat? Keep listening to find out. It is. The topic of today's episode is office romance. If I'm not mistaken, I hear Cupid fluttering overhead here in the CFMU studios. So join us in the broom closet for the next half hour and we promise to show you a good time. Now pass me that bucket. Flirt with your work crush. Number 37. Agree with all their ideas, even the terrible ones. Now office romance is pretty much inevitable. Something as old as jobs themselves. In fact, the earliest office romances date back to the dawn of agriculture. Hence the phrases, rolling the hay, plowing, and horny as a farmer. But just because workplace hookups are commonplace doesn't mean they're harmless. Quite the opposite, Sam. Left alone, employee hookups can nearly ruin a company. Take the story of Zenefits. In 2016, this Silicon Valley startup had all the makings of a unicorn. With their software to automate HR and benefits processes, they were valued at over $4 billion. At the same time, Zenefits had a bit of a frat house culture. In fact, the partying got so bad, Zenefits management had to email its employees to stop having sex in the office stairwell. It's true. After finding some used condoms, management decided enough was enough. Well, Sam, would you believe Workit has obtained a copy of this infamous email? I sure would. One of the most sought-after documents in the history of office romance, Workit is proud to present... The legendary Zenefits stairwell email. Dear Zenefitisans, you probably know what this is about. Upper management recently discovered used condoms in the stairwell. This email is to inform all employees that they are not to have sex in the company's stairwell. But that's not all, is it? We also found a number of erotic creams, jellies, balms, salves, and otherwise sensuous unguents. 300 packets of birth control ranging in flavor from Lemon Drop to Rocky Road. There was even a pack of Flintstones chewable birth control, the ones with Pebbles Flintstone on the box with a red X over top. We found 64 French ticklers, 17 Italian scratchers, and a pair of Spanish belchers, fully belched. No fewer than 80, ugh, male enhancement rings. All of which, by the way, had exactly one hair stuck to them. I mean, literally, one hair each. Like, was someone sitting there carefully affixing? You know what? I don't want to know. There was a Walter Cronkite real doll, a poster of Alien vs. Predator, and by verses, I mean having sex with. A Nintendo Switch modded so that Kirby is anatomically correct, and a signed Wendell Clark jersey for some reason. To reiterate, employees are forbidden to have sex in the stairwell. And in case you try to get cute on us, no sex in the supply closet, boardroom, fridge, or ball pit either. Do not have sex in the bathroom, the quiet room, or the meeting room. Got it? There will be no wiggle room. I mean it. Do not have sex in the wiggle room. Look, no one enjoys a good time like Zenefits management. That's not going to change. 
What is going to change, however, are the office romance policies. You've left us no choice, engineers. Don't make us say it as Zen. How to flirt with your work crush. Number 52. Enter the elevator at the same time as them and stand in awkward, crushing silence. Today on Planet Office, the mating ritual of the common office drone. Here we see an office drone approaching a potential mate. He must exercise caution. So what'd you get up to this weekend? Note how he leans casually on the desk of his potential mate. Such body language shows interest, but conceals his romantic intentions. Oh, you know, took it easy. Went out to a movie. Oh yeah? Who'd you go out with? Friends? Uh a group of friends, just one friend. Fearing a potential rival, the office drone must gather more information. Just one friend, yeah. He's great. We had a great time. Oh, a devastating response. Many office drones would disengage and seek out another hapless co-worker. Let's see what this one does. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's, it's great when guys and girls can just be friends. Uh, I love going to the movies, too. With friends or, like... On dates. A critical error. The office drone's intentions are now clear. Oh, look, you're fun to hang out with, but I don't date co-workers. How awkward. Any sensible office drone would excuse himself gracefully at this point. I don't want to date you, just, you know, if you ever wanted to see a movie and couldn't find someone. But of course, our office drone cannot take a hint. Please, office drone. Or like out to dinner, as friends. Please stop. Tell you what, I'll give you my number, and if you're ever, you know, lonely... I can't watch! I'm leaving! Doug, I don't want your number, and I don't want to hang out. Oh. Brilliant! The comeuppance he deserved. I didn't even mean it that way. Don't flatter yourself. The defeated office drone retreats, masking humiliation with bitterness. Let us hope he has learned his lesson. Speaking of office romance, we'd like to welcome two experts in the field. We fell in love watching them fall in love as Jim Halpert and Pam Beasley. From the hit sitcom The Office, our guests today are Jenna Fisher and John Krasinski. I'm not George Clooney. I didn't say George Clooney, did I? No, not at all. So why mention him? I almost threw up on his shoes. <laughs> I see. John, Jenna, welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, yeah. Fantastic. I... Oh, John, you've pissed yourself. I did indeed. Ugh, it's all over the rug. That rug was a gift from CFMU, John, for a first episode. Well, what are you smirking for? It was really cute. <laughs> it was, yeah. Don't encourage him, Jenna. Is this typical, John? Do you piss yourself often? I have done it before, but not to this level. Well, I'm sure we're all very proud. <sighs> Let's get to today's topic. Office ro- Larry King. Office romance. What? Larry King? John, do you even want to be here? I want to do it. Jenna? It's going to be awful. Okay, it's going to be horrible. What's your problem, lady? This is our first episode, and you're acting like a real Hey, guys, what was it like having one of the most famous office romances of all time? It was just a dream come true. It was, uh, it was pretty unbelievable. 
You guys seem to have a real connection. She looked like she was having the time of her life. Did you feel that connection from the very beginning of The Office? Was it love at first sight? Just like that. Since we're on the subject of attraction, what body part do you notice first in the opposite sex? Jaws. Phallus. Great segue, Jenna, because now we want to get a little risque. Let's talk about sex. Very interesting, yeah. Interesting, yes, but sexy as well. Man, you know your stuff. All right, John, pump the brakes. That's my co-host you're hitting on. How'd you feel that time I came by the set and hit on Creed and Moe's and Prison Mike? It was a little weird for me, I'm not going to lie. John, tell the people your special nickname for sex. Brown University. Gross. Tell us about your first time. I couldn't not make noise. Well, all in all, that sounds all right. It's just fun to do. John, what will you do if you come home one day and Sam here is oiled up on your dinner table on a shiny platter with an apple in his mouth? I don't know what's going to happen on that day. Don't be coy. You're going to help yourself to a slab of glazed Sam and you know it. Damn it, I'm going to do it. Remember when you had Eiffel 65 on the brain? That blew my mind. I don't want to alarm anyone, but I've just been handed a note. Someone's written us with a bomb threat. It's so crazy. I wrote it. So it's fake then? It's very real. Well, in that case, there's some police officers who would like a word with you, Missy. Excuse me, I have to go. People always have to go when they're being interviewed by the police. Have you ever noticed that they're very busy? They are, that's so funny. Okay, all is forgiven. But speaking of bombs, is it true you worked on the Manhattan Project? It was just a dream come true. A lot of dreams coming true for you, huh, lady? How do you live with yourself? Clearly you knew it was evil. What I did know was that I was in a project with the most talented people I'd ever had the privilege to work with yet. And don't call me clearly. That's not the point. The point is that you and Robert Oppenheimer and everyone else engineered something catastrophic. It was a total bomb. Good one. We'll be back later with more from John Krasinski and Jenna Fisher. How to flirt with your work crush, number 117. Wear wacky socks to the office as an indication that you have a personality. Welcome to Water Cooler Wipeout, where the nation's greatest gossips go head to head. I'm Francis Ferdinand, and today we've got the two blabbiest busybodies from Bailey and Sons Insurance. Please welcome Lorna from Accounting and John from the Mailroom. Anyone you want to say hello to? Hi, Mom. I'd like to say hi to my darling husband right here in the front row. Hi, sweetie. Isn't that lovely? John and Lorna, round one will be innuendo. I'll share tidbits of tasty tittle-tattle from your office, and I need you to finish my sentence with your most suggestive innuendo. Lorna, you're first. Ready? Ready, Francis. Herb and Human Resources arrived late three months ago because he was... Um, showing the intern you can't spell hard without HR? Correct! Ten points to Lorna. Your turn, John. During their extended tea breaks, Dave and Sam from IT like to... Um, tea bag... Uh, each other? Judges! Sorry, John, not euphemistic enough. Lorna for the steal! What about... Share their tea bags, Francis? Very good, Lorna! Ten more points! Ah, <laughs> oh, nuts. 
Ha ha, still not euphemistic enough, John. Time for one more. Back to you, John. Kathy and Tim from security go down to... I object, Francis. There's innuendo in the question. Well... Yes, Lorna, the judges agree with you. I did say go down in the question, and it is disqualified. Congratulations, Lorna. That means you advance to the final round. Today, Lorna, you'll be playing for a coveted new cubicle location with a clear view of the washrooms, the copy room, and the break room. Wow! You'll be the scourge of the office. Now, Lorna, you know the drill. Answer as many questions as you can in one minute. Three correct answers will win the grand prize. Ready, Lorna? I'm as nervous as our project manager when I found out about his love child. (laughs) That bad, eh? One minute on the clock and go. How many times have Cheryl and Max disappeared into the supply room this week? Six. Name everyone who has made lingering eye contact with Beth, the secretary, in the past two months. Uh... Chad, Charles, Mary, Eric, Enrique, 10 out of 12 careers, and one lost pizza guy. A half point for that, you left out the CEO, Mr. Robson. Oh, I thought that went without saying. Who is Mary's real baby daddy? It's not for me to speculate, but it looks a lot like Dave the maintenance guy. Correct, no mistaking that nose. Who did Lorna spend an awful lot of time with the week her husband was out of town? I... Wait, that's me! I, uh, I have no idea what you're... Clock's ticking, Lorna. This is for all the marbles. I can't... Uh, It was John. (gasps) Yes, John from the mailroom. My competitor on this very show. Lorna, how could you? Honey, I can explain. Cover the kids' ears. Lorna! John! Now that it's out in the open, I want to say I've always loved you. Ever since that planning meeting when you spilled your coffee on me. And then you got me another one. While my legs were being scalded beyond repair, yes. John, you're more than a torrid office romance to me. Let's run away together. Oh, Lorna. Uh, Lorna, we have Pete down here as the one you had an affair with. Oh. Oh, yeah, him too. Hey, Lorna. Pete! My darling! Love you, babe. Sorry, Lorna, you failed to win the coveted cubicle. But you did give your office lots to talk about on Monday. Well, that's all we have time for, folks. Tune in next week for Water Cooler Wipeout! Work It is brought to you by Printco Toner Cartridges. Don't be a loner, try our toner. Once again, that name is Printco. The singer of XTC is Andy Partridge. Our toner comes in a cartridge. Now available in black. I'm sure most of us would prefer to find love in convenient places like bars or classes, or at home with the person you're already married to. Unfortunately, love works in mysterious ways. Sometimes Cupid strikes at work. We're all aware of the prevailing wisdom that it's a bad idea to date a coworker, but listen, what if they're really, really hot? Sam, you're well acquainted with poor romantic decisions. Uh, do you think office romance can work, or is it a recipe for disaster? Well, it depends on context, of course, and whether all parties concerned can keep it in their pants for eight hours a day. But yeah, I think it's fine to date coworkers. See, I think you should just avoid it. Like, there's too much that can go wrong. 
Well, okay, let's look at the pros and cons of office romance then. Pro, you'll never run out of stuff to talk about. Con, you'll only ever talk about work. Exactly, that's a bunch of stuff to talk about. You can talk about the fax machine, or you can talk about the whiteout, or you can talk about the stapler, see? Never run out of stuff to talk about. Right, yeah, okay, so uh, whispering sweet nothings to each other, like, oh baby, that was better than last week's corporate merger. Pro, much like a bra, you'll have built-in support at the office. Con, much like an ill-fitting bra, work-related conflicts will spill out into private life. But everyone loves cleavage, though. And everyone knows cleavage is distracting. Pro, you get to spend every day together. Right. Con, you have to spend every day together. Pretty much like this radio show, huh? Yeah, cute. Like, everyone likes marshmallows, but nobody wants to be force-fed marshmallows. I could eat marshmallows every day. And the best thing is I'd die soon. <laughs> Pro, you can look out for each other. Con, potential for jealousy over career advancement. I don't know, if you have a shared bank account, it works out for both of you. And then you don't have to work as hard. Yeah, touché. And there's always the enhanced potential for nepotism. Pro, you'll actually like going to work. Con, what if you break up? Then you can just leak all their secrets to the office gossip. Yeah, great. And like, I hate all my coworkers anyway, so what's one more added to the mix? Pro, it's kind of hot being sneaky. But Con, everyone will know, and everyone will be talking about you. Well, in that case, it's kind of hot being the center of attention. Maybe they'll want to join in. Okay, so yes, there is always the potential for things going wrong in a workplace relationship. But romances do sometimes work out in the office, and I don't just mean the TV show. How does that happen? Well, one surefire strategy is for everyone involved to be mature and reasonable, I guess. Uh, but failing that, there are always love contracts. Love contracts? So it's an agreement between the lovers and their employer, mostly dealing with sexual harassment stuff. But these contracts can also cover behavior, such as a uh, promise to remain civil if the couple breaks up. So, can you negotiate this? Like, you can bang in the supply closet so long as you uh, leave the boardroom alone or something? Sam, no. I wonder, wonder, wonder. Ah, uh, Tom, Lucy, come in. This is Ronald from HR. Thanks, Miss Beckett. Nice to meet you, Ron. Can I call you Ron? We're Ron and Tom. <laughs> oh, Tom, you're so funny. <laughs> I prefer Ronald. Gotcha, like the clown. <laughs> okay, let's get to it. Thank you for disclosing your new relationship to me. As your supervisor, it's my duty to reach an agreement with you both in the form of a love contract. So to begin, we expect there will be no negative impact on your productivity. You'll act professionally toward each other during work hours. Including post-breakup, if things don't work out. And there will be no public displays of affection in the office ever. So define public. Stairwell? Public. Supply closet? Public. Boardroom? Fridge? Ball pit? No public displays of affection. Okay, so define affection. No kissing, no holding hands, no hugging. No physical contact during work hours. Oh, we can do that. Yeah, the leash will work fine. Oh, and the whips. And the Spanish belchers. You're not serious. Oh, yes. Tom's very creative. I love a challenge. This is unacceptable. Uh, uh, uh. You only said physical contact. Hmm. <sighs> 
Janet, I've just had a brilliant idea. <sighs> Is this about the Spanish belchers again? As it happens, Zenefits probably could have used some of those love contracts. It's true, Sam. After that initial email, Zenefits' office romance problem continued. It just expressed itself in different ways. Zenefits' management was forced to send a follow-up email to its employees to try and squash office romance once and for all. Attention employees! As the office romance issues have persisted, we are now introducing rules against more innocent behavior. Notice I didn't say zenicent. I must clearly mean business. Male employees will no longer throw their jackets over puddles that a female colleague was about to step in. And female employees are absolutely not to kiss them on the cheek and say, My hero. It makes the men go auga as smoke comes out of their ears. Not only is this distracting, it's a clear violation of the fire code. Under no circumstances are female employees to say, I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her. In fact, all romantic film dialogue is now prohibited. Men are only allowed to say, I wish I knew how to quit you, if they are addressing their job itself, in which case, please put it in writing for our records, including your last day. If any employee dies, they are expressly forbidden from cozying up behind a former colleague and guiding their hands as they work. This is the exact reason we began offering pottery classes. It is no longer allowed for two employees to sit together in the lunchroom eating kind bars, and it turns out they're eating opposite ends of the same kind bar, and they accidentally kiss when they get to the middle of the kind bar, and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, and then they're like, you know, that was actually kind of nice, and then they just start kissing for real. Any employees found doing so will have their kind bar privileges revoked. This applies to all flavors, melon, taco, and peanut. This is your final warning. Whoa, she sounds serious. Hey, Zenaficionados, it's me from the last email. Just wanted to pop in and say, look, we're not mad, we're just disappointed. All we wanted was to create an awesome work environment. Unfortunately, you guys took it too far, and now we've got to be the bad guy. Not cool, gang. Going forward, we on Zenefits management, blah, 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 end of scene. How to flirt with your work crush, number 412. Compliment their outfit. And then realize how awkward that is, and compliment the outfits of everyone in your immediate surroundings. And now, a little-known early draft of Elizabeth Barrett Browning's How Do I Love Thee? Brackets, a poem for the cutie down the hall. How do I love thee? Let me count the ways. Love thee to the depth and breadth and height My hand can reach when feeling round my cubicle For the other end of the printer cable. I love thee to the level of every lunch break's Most quiet need by sun and fluorescent light. I love thee freely as CEOs strive for profit. I love thee purely as they turn from corrupt practices. I love thee with a passion put to use in my college days and with my early career idealism. I love thee with a love I seemed to lose with my lost opportunities for advancement. I love thee with the blood, sweat, and tears of all my project meetings. And, if the boss choose, I shall but love thee better after I'm laid off. 
And we're back with John Krasinski and Jenna Fisher. John. John. What an interesting name. Why John and not, I don't know, Sigmund Flap, Gustave Ledong, or even Periwinkle Smiffle? I am very proud of the idea that I never changed my uh, name. Well, there's still time, Periwinkle. I hope so. Jenna, do you think it's okay to use magic to fall in love? Like in Little Mermaid, Ariel gets Ursula to use magic to make Prince Eric fall in love with her. Pretty cool, right? Well, I think the stories we hear the most are the magical stories. So what's your point? Those stories are fun to tell and and don't ever happen. Well, how am I supposed to meet Prince Eric then? Some sort of magical Disney party with him and Gaston Genie? These parties don't exist. Oh, I'll never fall in love. Time for a riddle, John! You're Courbet, you're Millet, you're Bastien Lepage. Who are you? I'm a realist. Ten points to John! Man, even though this is only our first episode, I'm already bored. Yeah, this sucks. We should just quit and move on to the next thing. And then do the next thing. And then do the next thing, and then do the next thing, and then do the next thing. And then do the next thing, and then do the next thing, and then do the next thing. And then do the next thing, and then do the next thing, and then do the next thing. John, I've got a show idea. Larry King. Close. So the office was a big hit, right? It was just about some people in an office. So I was thinking, what about a show called The Person? And it stars a bunch of offices working inside a person. Right. No, exactly. Yeah, no. And maybe two of the offices get married and then one of them has to take a job in, I don't know, the ankle or something. Very interesting. Yeah. See, John thinks it's a good idea. Don't humor him, John. It's a stupid idea and no one would watch it. People are stupid. Seriously, you'd watch this trash? I think I'm pretty stupid. All right, fine. So no one would watch my show about a bunch of offices working inside a person. Not even your wife, not even your kids. Oh, drop dead. <laughs> Jenna, I... Oh, wow, here comes my good friend, Will Farrell. Hey, Will. Hey, Will, when are you going to be on SNL? Cowbell, cowbell, Will. Hey, can you tape something for my son? It's going to be his birthday, and I was just wondering if you could... Come back, Will. Good work, Jenna. You scared him away. Poor guy. That's the first time I saw him out in public since the house came out. How much pain am I in? Keep this up and we'll find out. Say, John, I saw you looking at my TV. Pretty cool, right? You think that's cool? Check out the channel changer. Oh my god. That's amazing. How about some MTV? Oh my god, MTV. Forrest Gump. Oh my god, I'm welling up now. And off again. Oh my god, it was amazing. John, a watch pot has got to boil eventually, right? I mean, come on, it's on the stove. Every cliche is true. Maybe I could watch it via webcam or Google Glass. So Jenna, something you should know about me is I used to do political assassinations. Anyways, my parents were cleaning out my old room and they found some of my cyanide. And now they're asking me about it. What should I do? Give it to your parents so that they don't ask you so many dumb questions. Perfect. Well, gang. George Clooney. That about does it for today. Larry King. See you next time. Larry Clooney. Periwinkle Clooney. Absolutely. How to flirt with your work crush. Number 507. When you're walking down a hallway and your work crush appears at the other end walking toward you, avoid eye contact as long as possible. At the last moment, look at them, smile distractedly, and carry on. Welcome back to Planet Office. We rejoin our common office drone as he continues the search for an elusive mate. The office drones are gathering for the annual enforced fraternization of a Christmas party. Hey Shirley, great party, huh? Oh, it's Dave, right? Doug. Doug, sorry. 
Yeah, sure. Nothing more awkward than drinking with our bosses. Can't wait till this is over. Oh yeah, <laughs> this party sucks. Having forged a bond, the office drone initiates his courtship ritual. Can I grab you a drink? Uh, sure. I'll have a water. Suit yourself. More wine for me. Oh, God. Time has passed, and with his few inhibitions removed, we now witness the drone's mating dance. Surely dances me. Guys, I swear I hardly know him. It is a sight that few have beheld and few would willingly behold again. Shirley! Okay, we're done here. A supervisor interrupts the dance of the office drone. His efforts unsuccessful yet again, our drone lets out a plaintive cry. You're ugly anyway. Well, there it is, the first episode of Work It in the Can. Time to punch out and head home. Wonder what I should have for dinner. Probably some sort of pizza pocket. And something healthy like Twizzlers. I like them extra twizzled. Oh, you're still here? Go home, man. See you next week, folks. CFMU. Hurry up, it's too late for him. Let's get out of here. Ninety-three three CFMU.